Welcome to Safe House. Welcome to the Safe House studio. I don't know what episode this is. Welcome to Safe House. I'm back. Fabulous. It's a completely safe space for you to talk about whatever you want. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can bleep shit out. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Is there some kind of construction going on? (laughs) Yeah, so you may hear what sounds like a Brazilian samba band. Um, (laughs) But yeah, all the spanners are... uh, There's construction work happening at my building at the moment outside. And it is driving me insane. Right, okay. Welcome to Safe House. In the Safe House studio is Adam Ali. Adam Ali, Ali Ababa. (laughs) Yeah, that's me, bitch. (laughs) Is that the full title? Have Have we got a stage name? Or I think it's pretty good on its own, to be fair. AA, and I ain't talking about the breakdown service. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, I love it. Um, So, we're going to get into it, but I'm just going to give you a second to introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Tell them a little bit about what you do as a creative. Get into it, tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit. So, for a living, I remember lines and pretend to be other people. And... uh... So, you're a drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. You know, I've always wanted to be like, you know, a proper drag queen and i'm still on that journey but no i'm what is a proper drag queen do you know what i mean honestly you know i just i guess i just don't do i don't go the full mile i don't put the wigs on and when i have done um it's gone awfully wrong as you probably would have seen at some point on a night out um but anyway before we digress i'm adam ali i'm an actor i'm a filmmaker director and my work is all about bringing queer joy and queer arab magic absolutely that is exactly what we need in the world is queer magic and specifically the the queer magic that you bring. But we'll get into that a little bit more later on when we talk about your your works and what you've brought to the world. I want to talk a little bit before we get into that about what you do outside of being creative. So what is life like when you're not on red carpets and behind a camera? What do you what do you do with yourself? What do you do day to day? Um, mopping up beer and alcohol on floors when I'm picking up bar work. You know, uh, what else do I do? Uh, write. I like to write sometimes and make mood boards and like just sort of do some development stuff. Um, if I've got anything in the pipeline, I cook a lot. I'm a big, big foodie and I like to travel. I like to travel. I like to meet lots of people and I'm a huge, huge, yeah, just like, so yeah, exactly. So I like to meet people and hang out and I'm just... Just live in life, love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh. That's literally me <laughs> in a nutshell. Honestly, honestly, I love it. I love it. I think that's actually how we met because I think we met like a year, year and a half ago mm-hmm. um, in Manchester. Mm-hmm. I don't know actually, I don't actually know where you're living at the moment. I have seen that you're now looking for flats in Manchester. Uh, Are you still here? Yeah, I am that person that will move five times a year. <laughs> 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 Where are you at the moment? Uh, at the moment, I'm in the city centre in Manchester. Um, uh-huh. uh, I don't really want to disclose my full address. I'd rather not. No, 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 don't. However, don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I live in this beautiful two bed with my best friend, Liam. And it's it's just really nice to be in the heart of the city because um, mm-hmm. I spend far too much money on Uber. Absolutely, absolutely. I live by Piccadilly, uh, Piccadilly Station, which is... I mean, you don't have to tell me how close or far that is, but I love it because I don't have to go very far. I can walk like five minutes and be on Canal Street mm-hmm. with no danger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can stumble back home. I think that's the beauty of living in the city centre, especially for queer people. Is it's just mm. it's just nice to be somewhere walking distance away from town and other queer A people. Safe space. Yeah, safe yeah. space. Exactly. Well, I, I actually don't know. Well, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but actually, yeah, we met in lockdown last year. And I will say that that was lockdown for me was just one of the most transformative kind of like most amazing experiences. Um, obviously, on one hand, like you have what was going on in the world and how deeply like awful that was challenging and awful that was for everyone. But I feel like yeah. it kind of brought us together in a weird way especially queer people like i definitely developed a lot of a lot of my queer identity developed over lockdown and a lot of the people that i now have in my chosen family are now people that i met last summer mm -hmm. it was just such a good mm -hmm. time when we kind of all came together yeah when we when we had no one else we had each other exactly exactly and i wouldn't have met i wouldn't have even been in the city and i wouldn't have been able to meet you if yeah exactly ex exactly honestly so there's a silver that's the silver lining of it all yeah, and I met my I met my partner as well. We we're actually moving in together in like a month, and I met met them during lockdown. Oh my god, exciting! All these all these amazing things. It really really did yeah. bring us together. Um, Which I think speaks to just like the, the general queer experience, right? Like in tragedy and moments of like utter darkness, we just slap on some makeup, <laughs> and stick address. on those heels, <laughs> and yeah, like it's it's really beautiful. I will say, a wig fixes everything. It fixes any mood. Honestly, stick on fireworks, Katy Perry. And <laughs> honestly... It's don't hurt yourself, Beyonce, for me. If I'm in a bad mood and I'm like... Uh, it just like cures that. everything. It really does. It really does. Right, we've digressed a little bit. I'm going to go backwards. I wanted to talk about how you started acting. So mm -hmm. when was that? When did you know that you wanted to get into it? What influenced you in the very beginning to start this journey? I would consider my career started when I sort of got my first paycheck, which would have been sort of okay. around 17, 18, which also was around the same time that I got an agent and then was represented and then could audition for like work, professional work. So your career started then? Career started then, but the interest, the dream, the vision, whatever you want to call it, would have probably started in my drama class. When I was in my GCSEs, my teacher had such an impact, a huge impact on me, and was sort of really one of like the first, I don't have many role models, but I would consider Mr. Taylor one of my role models. His inf kind of his influence and kind of like he mentored yeah. me and just helped me kind of see it as a real tangible career you know used to cast me in all the plays and all the musicals spoke to me and made me feel better about some of the things that i was going through i mean for context like i was an asylum seeker at one point and there was a lot of things going on at home which just made life very difficult when i was kind of coming to terms with my identity being queer and muslim obviously and yeah it just kind of made it he made it all make sense yeah high school was great by the way i will say a lot of people have had a really tough time at school i mean yeah i can i don't know i i can i don't know i feel like people get hung up on like the really dark stuff and it's like i can do that as well but i feel like a lot of what you've done is it, is positive and a lot of, yeah. a lot of the, the stuff that is is notable is is so far beyond um, yeah it kind of it kind of nothing else really matters because what you're doing now is really important yeah yeah exactly and i think that's what what i mean it's like there was a lot of things that happened at school that weren't great but actually like the good things that happened were far superior like were, were far better were, were far more rewarding and uh, stick out to me um and i still remember like my first day at school and like mm -hmm. prom and doing like my final year school musical and just kind of all those beautiful moments were like I got to cherish those amazing, amazing memories with my friends. Yeah. Uh, those stick out to me. And yeah, so I left school, had a great time, went to college, did more drama, yeah. more media and film studies, and I kind of began to understand the theory of it all. And then realized that was actually when I wanted to start doing more directorial 
and backstage behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. And then one thing led to another. I was going to classes and meeting people and I ended up connecting with an agent who kind of helped me like make it more serious yeah. and monetize it and make money. And then, yes, just started auditioning for things. And my first kind of notable job was I got to play an openly queer Muslim character. And so that was like a gift from the universe. And I always tell this story. I got it on uh, the 6th of March, 2018. Was and that one little, was that Little America? Little America. Was that, the, that was the first one. Yeah. And I got that on my birthday because so, I'm a Pisces, 6th of March. So I, I, I got that on my birthday and I always see it as a gift from the universe, sort of saying like, you know, from here on out, going forward, you know, this is your thing. Like, this is your... That is a big sign. That yeah. is a big, big sign. I'm that yeah. person though. I'm very in touch. Like, I, I speak things into manif into uh, existence and I'm into like manifestation and signs and energies. And I, I kid you not, there has been so many moments in my life and my career that like those sorts of things have happened. It's just too much of a coincidence. It's not... It's gone far past coincidence that it's now... It's... I mean, the manifestation, I... I manifested it's not as big as a level of getting cast in in a, in a really amazing series but not yet same, not yet same, not yet not yet but the notion of manifesting i wanted to move to manchester and i wanted to have a career in drag and i put a tiktok up and then within four months i had a flat a job and had managed to transfer my uni course to manchester and i'd moved within four months and mm -hmm. i'd, I'd Obviously, part of that is me actively searching for it and, and making it happen because obviously nothing happens without work. But I, I love the idea of manifesting and thinking things into fruition. Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, there's so much power in that. Yeah, babe. So much power in that. Power to you. It's That's, an, that's a, a huge accomplishment. And that's pretty, it's, especially as someone who knows you and like the work, how much work you put into it. it for me, oh. it, it doesn't, it's not as a, because I know you, it doesn't feel like a, a shock. Because I'm like, I see the graft that you put into it. So it's really cool. I think we're both perfect examples of, of that. And Someone listening to this is like, oh, dickhead. You know, yeah. like, we're like, yeah, we're such great people. Like, it's, they're like, um. But you know what? Being a creative, like people, going back to what you said earlier about your drama teacher making you realize that it was actually a, a genuine career. So many people don't take creative mm -hmm. jobs and outlets t seriously. But there's, honestly, there's so many successful people that make money out of something they love and they're really, really good at. I just think it's jealousy <laughs> that you can't do what you love for a living. Yeah, but, but you, know, you know you know, what's more alarming though for me isn't so much uh, what some, what people think or what people, how people regard what we do. It's much more when someone themselves doesn't regard that as a serious job or don't think that they'd have any kind of, like it's not going to work out for them. Like they don't have any self-belief. That's what I wanted to say, yeah. self-belief. So I would much rather you be like, oh yeah, that person thinks what I'm doing isn't a real job than saying, well, I think, I don't know if I'll ever, if this will ever work out, you know, that, that I think that's much more alarming. Yeah. And I think that's something that I see like a lot of people struggle with is their inability to kind of, you know, believe in themselves. I think um, that's a massive thing. It's the, it's the believing in yourself is yeah. a massive thing. Because if you're on, st let's take on stage, for instance, like live, I mean, behind the camera the same, but live theatre, if you aren't believing what you're putting on stage, the audience definitely aren't going to believe it. So if you're painting things or writing books or anything like that, and your heart and soul isn't in it and you don't believe in the success of it, who else will? Your heart and soul has to be in it first. That's what. you got to be delusional. <laughs> delusion you gotta be gen genuinely though you gotta be delusional to begin with the sky's the limit and that's the attitude to have is that you can do anything as long as you know that you know you're willing to put the work in 
that 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 could become you know that could become a reality i i know that when i was writing my short film i actually did it for selfish reasons mm -hmm. just because for me when i i'm dealing with stuff uh it's actually quite therapeutic and cathartic to be able to kind of put that on paper yeah. and then that become you know like a film or a music or whatever the medium that it is that day but i made that film for selfish reasons my short film baba and i made it in lockdown never thinking anyone would see it wouldn't go anywhere mm -hmm. didn't cost us very much money to make it like we it, it was just a kind of a passion project and that single-handedly kind of changed my life um and i think ultimately like i don't know i feel like it's really easy to get bogged down by whether you know your how good something is or whether it's it's even worth it or who's going to see it and you know like all the insecurities and the self-doubt and all of that stuff but in actuality genuinely sometimes you've just got to be delusional and you've just got to be like you know what i'm going to do mm -hmm. it I don't care. Yeah. I love what I'm doing and it's a form of expression. And if you can make money out of it, <laughs> then even better. Right, exactly. Exactly. And that thing can be the thing that changes it all. Yeah. I agree with that completely. Um, I want to go back. So I'm going to go in, I think I'm going to go in chronological order. So a lot of the things that you've worked on are very boundary pushing films and they shouldn't be, but because of the, the way the industry is, there are a lot of stories, important stories that aren't told. And I think that a lot of the work that you do as an actor, as a uh, director and a writer, a lot of the work that you you work towards and have put out into the world has been extremely, extremely beneficial to the film studies and film area. So I'm going to start with Little America. So for those who haven't looked into it or seen it, can you just give an outline of the context and, and, and what it's, your it's, role in it was? Yeah, yeah, it's an it's an anthology series. It's an so like sort of like Black Mirror. It's an anthology series. It's on Apple TV, um, and so they're based on true stories of people who've relocated due to like displacement, due to mm -hmm. kind of like war or personal like turmoil. You know, they have to move to the states in order to kind of like start fresh, basically. And where the season finale episode, The Sun, it was directed by Stephen Dunn, who's making the yes. Queer as Folk reboot. And, you know, it, it was just an amazing experience. We got to shoot it in Canada and got to meet lots of, this is what I was saying earlier about like, so much of what I do and what I love to do is meet people and connect with people, queer or not queer, but around the world and just kind of feel like every year, every day, every month, like I'm growing and evolving as a person. And in doing this job, I got to meet people, the queer community, specifically in Montreal. Amazing Vogas, Queens. One of them was on Canada's Drag Race. Just, uh, oh, I got to work with um, Queens yeah. that literally were on Drag Race. And that was the thing that like, I was, cause I was watching Drag Race and then- um, and they were there. So, and then they were there in person. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, but you manifested yourself into that situation. And there's, yeah. no, le there's no level of like imposter syndrome because you got there you're working with these people and they're all, yeah. there's no like hierarchy of importance because it's, it just doesn't exist. Like we're all in the same boat. Oh yeah, it was, it was wild. I never thought, never thought it would happen in a million years, but yeah, we got to film a really beautiful story with them. It's based on a true story of a Syrian refugee who uh, had to kind of flee to America. And then just kind of about the culture clash when they, when he arrived and the, the figuring out, everything, the displacement, all of it. And it was really fun. I got to meet amazing people, like amaz wear amazing outfits. And it's a really beautiful kind of coming of age story. Um, there's not many like that are out there that are about kind of the queer Muslim experience, but it was really, really fun to do. And I think that set a precedent and the bar for the kind of work I wanted to create moving forward. Cause I realized in making the show and the response to the show that there was a real demand for the kind of stories that we were telling. 
I agree. I agree. I can see that gap. And um, I think you have helped forge the ability to see that gap. Because it shouldn't be it shouldn't be there in the first place. Um, I wanted to ask, there's a lot of films that are based on the the American dream and people moving to America. How far away from the the classic the classic American dream story is it? What kind of different elements does it delve into? What is there anything that this film has that no other film has with regards to people seeking a better life? Um, it's definitely what it what it definitely isn't doing is, is saying that oh, in order to be able to live as yourself, you have to escape your country. Yeah, or you, yeah, it's not that at all because actually some of I have to say that. Uh, some of the most beautiful queer stories and some of the most beautiful queer people I've met have lived in very challenging circumstances in what yeah. we would consider dangerous parts of the world. Um, and actually sometimes in the most dangerous, most terrifying situations is the most thrilling experience. And it's a hard thing to wrap your head around, but it isn't something that either of us will have experienced yeah. just with growing up in the UK. But you have to kind of see it as just like a completely different way of life and i think it's really easy just kind of with what's going on in the media and the way that we kind of like present the third world countries but just because there isn't legal like legislation that protects queer people that doesn't mean that they're not happy or that they're not yeah. kind of like thriving it just means that they're not protected by the law and and actually that makes them pretty badass it really does and it makes them pretty it makes them pretty dope because those are the bitches that will you know like will have freshly painted acrylics but they can take you down in a split second and beat you the fuck up you know what i mean like those the, those yeah. are the kind of characters i want to play like you know it, it's just really interesting i think it's one of those these are the kind of conversations i like to have like with like filmmakers and writers when we have these conversations because we always have to be so mindful of like the kind of stereotypes and the tropes and the cliches that we present to audiences because those can, can end up if you're not careful can end up being quite dangerous because you don't want to i don't know you don't want to perpetuate like negative portrayals or dangerous portrayals um what you want to keep doing is evolving and progressing and moving the narrative forward um so little america in my opinion yeah. yes yes of course the protagonist leads uh, sorry flees to the states but that isn't only that isn't because of where he is he isn't happy in fact he has a beautiful kind of relationship and there's like a romantic storyline but he flees just because he's got a conflict with his like his family and that puts him in danger but otherwise he wouldn't have wanted to leave he loves where he's from he loves his family he loves his life it's just that mm -hmm. when they find out that he is gay it puts him in danger so yeah, yeah but watch I, it watch it i mean it's one of those i always find like with things that i that i make i'm like the best way to consume it or to understand it is just to see it because it's hard for yeah. me to kind of articulate you know a 30 minute show <laughs> episode sorry yeah, exactly. Also, uh, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be watched. It's not supposed to be if it, if if it was going to be talked about, someone would do a TED talk on it or they make a book Ooh, like TED talk. <laughs> they need to they need to see it. Um, I also wanted to say as well that going off what you've said about about the the production and productions like this, that it adds to the I would say arguably new idea that people or the conclusion that people come to that there isn't one queer experience. Because media and TV and film and everything else kind of perpetuate this, this Americanized like idea of what the queer experience is. When in fact, like it can't be unless you've gone through it. Every single person has a different queer experience. So th the projects that you've worked on, and and such that are similar, they are doing something that hasn't been done so far, which is telling these stories and telling, showing that there is a different queer experience and that 
they're all completely valid and they also add it's education Mm. it's education for people because all that they've seen is this like really airy fairy like love story where like the dad doesn't like them and then the they go out and, and then they end up making up in the end and it's all fine and and it's just not that's just not the case like queer people don't always have family issues queer people don't always leave home like the film that you did i'm going to go with the next one is europa was that the next one that you worked on yeah i will just say just what you just said go on, go on, go on, go on. um it's really easy to fall into making like a queer tragedy film or a queer tra- tragedy storyline and that that the tragedy is often to do with their queerness and that's why it's really exciting to be able to kind of like make work that normalizes and neutralizes the queerness and you know when i, I think of brilliant shows it's like schitt's creek you know, or like sex, sex, sex education, where kind of oh. the queerness and homophobia doesn't isn't isn't even a thing. You know, like, and even if it is, even if it is, we we quickly move past it. It's just kind of about like setting the context. Um, yeah, I think for any like filmmakers or storytellers or you know people listening, I think that that's kind of the what I would kind of post to you as a challenge is sort of how do you move past the queerness sort of and just to kind of normalize it. You know, um, and, and other than things like Call Me By Your Name and Brokeback Mountain and the original Queerish Folk where at the center of these queer stories are cisgendered white gay men is, you know, how else do we kind of like um, integrate other parts of our community, whether that be, you know, trans people mm-hmm. or like people of color, you know, who maybe don't even speak English. Like it's just finding ways to kind of be able, to, being able to kind of include them in the conversation and being able to tell their beautiful kind of nuanced story uh that's kind of what i like to do yeah i can see that as well i think that i think that's so important as well is that i think one of the major issues is that most of the most of the money in film is in english speaking films Mm. and a lot of the stories Mm. can't be translated and they're not they Mm. they also lose a lot of their beauty as well in Mm. yeah I love, I love, I love queer foreign cinema. It's so beautiful. Oh. But anyway, I know, I, I, I think, I'm sorry, I keep, I can talk about this for a million. <laughs> I think we both back, can. Back to you. Yeah. Um, no, so I wanted to move on to Europa, the next film. Is that, that's the next one that you worked on after Little America, right? Uh, yeah, that's yes. true. That's correct. Yeah. So I was, as I was shooting in Little America, I got cast in Europa, which meant that I got to work and live in uh italy for a little bit and it was beautiful uh-huh. i spent summer there in tuscany and in florence and yep. we shot the film um it's it's uh it's a it's a story about kamal who's sort of like this teenager from iraq and he's he has to kind of cross through turkey and bulgaria in order to make it to france where he kind of hopes to make it to the uk and unfortunately the rest of his group group get caught he doesn't get caught and he has to it's a survival story and we like to describe it as a thriller with a conscience. It's a horror film, but it's scary not because of music or jump scares, but it's scary because it's real. Um, and my director did years and years of interviews and research. And uh, yeah, he found the story of Kamal and I got to play him and it was beautiful and life-changing. And probably like in my entire career, I would say it was the, one of the, the projects that I would, I don't know, I feel like I learned the most during but yeah but the the villains or the the kind of uh the terrifying thing about it is we have these kind of like people in it called like 
migrant hunters and migrant hunters is this thing I'd, I'd had nothing about, I knew nothing about. And then I, as I was kind of researching the role, mm-hmm. I discovered this whole thing, like in Bulgaria, they have, they have these, um, glorified mercenaries, right. um, national heroes who take it up, take it upon themselves to find people kind of being smuggled into the country, like refugees, um, who are, who, by the way, like not even crossing through Bulgaria, they're just crossing through the mountains in order to make it to somewhere safe through, through Europe. Yeah. Somewhere safe. Um, and yeah, they take it upon themselves to find them, like mug them, beat them up, take their money. And then finally, when they're finished with them, if they haven't killed them, they'll hand them over to the authorities who then just send them back or put them in jail. And I think like watching the clips and videos online, doing the research for this, it was just so terrifying because these are like children that are being like um, beaten up and, and, put in jail and separate from their family and it's such horror like horrifying stuff mm-hmm. that it made the shoot quite like a sensitive challenging shoot for me yeah um and i think i don't normally kind of like use method but during the shoot i used the method um kind of approach yeah. and it just i kind of like switched my phone off didn't speak to my family f- for the entire shoot um like grew my beard, my hair, like I just, it was a really transformative experience. And I came out of it like (laughs) a little bit traumatized, but I did so much character development for myself as a person. And that's why I take advocacy and activism so seriously now, because I realized in making that, that that's what I want to do, that in everything I wanted that I make, I want to be able to convey like a really important message and be able to kind of be the voice for people that kind of are voiceless, which is such a cliche thing to say, but it's quite literal you know yeah 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 and i think i think that that the films that you do they have the activism it runs through its veins i think the Mm -hmm. best film the best film production are films that do that that push boundaries and tell stories that aren't told and then give voice to people that that wouldn't otherwise be able to tell their story Um, yeah and it was great it was really good because it literally like at 22 well i think i shot it when i was i shot it maybe in 2019 Mm -hmm. um but it came out like two years later and it's it was like iraq's submission to the oscars so we got shortlisted for the oscars Mm -hmm. i got to take it to Cannes. got to go to the middle east i mean you got picked up by uh, variety magazine as well yeah variety wrote about it like filming like so many people i got a new agent because of it um like so many things have happened it's opened so many doors and i i think i own like a lot of my career to that film Mm -hmm. who was uh explain to me so i watched an interview with i want to say i want to pronounce his name right because i think he's spanish uh jacopo yeah that's our cinematographer so i watched an interview that he did and i just it, it also having so many different it's i think it's called transmedia where you have mm-hmm. um different people from different countries and languages yeah that's also this area of film that you work on i'm so happy you, yeah i'm so happy you you picked up on that because that's the other thing as well babes is like i desperately try not to work in the uk uh-huh. and everything that i do anything that i get i always tell my agent that i would if is this is this like you know is this shooting abroad or not and the reason is because I thrive and I enjoy like picking up new cultures and languages. And it's like the beauty of what we do. Like you come together on a set with all these people from different walks of life, from different parts of the world. Like you learn so much from everyone. And then together it's kind of like incubated in this little bubble, sometimes literally because of COVID reasons. And we have no one but like each other and we grow as a, it becomes like a little family. 
and you're with them for maybe sometimes months, sometimes weeks, but you, you get so close and you bond so much because we're literally like working together, like sometimes on 12 hour days, eating together, spending, like going out together, like it becomes like a family. And I have met some of my like bestest friends and I've been traveling with like some of these people and it, it, they, it really is amazing. I can't recommend it enough to anyone. Like if your career allows you to be able to like leave, travel, travel and to leave the UK or whatever it is you are in the UK, like that's the best thing you can do because seeing the world and surrendering to the unknown is the best experience in the world. And it changes and expands your mind so much. I think it's because the media that we consume, it's, it's popular media and it, a lot of it comes from London, a lot of it comes from like the US, a lot, it's so filtered and whitewashed. Mm-hmm. I just think that just working with different people, I think you provide a little, a little bit of a lens into that world with mm-hmm. your films and your productions. But definitely anyone that can leave and just experience different cultures for themselves, yeah. they definitely should. Yeah. Definitely, definitely and it's should. great that you're learning Spanish. Do you see yourself living in Spain? Yeah, so it's actually my degree. So I study um, Spanish and translation. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with things that can't be translated. So I just did my dissertation on queer translation. Um, and it turns out the problems that come out of queer translation are all to do with colonialism, <laughs> which is... Awful, and it was just learning about. So I didn't just focus on Spanish; I focused on loads of different languages. Um, and the English language has just caused so many issues for every other language and culture, and it's just it it, it irks me. And it, mm-hmm. you, you see it in so many different fields, and film is definitely one of them. My my one of my good friends, um, Cassie, she is like Australian South African, but I was with her the other week because she lives in the south of france for Cannes film festival and she's also studying the exact same degree but which you've just come back from yes you? second year on the run yeah baby of course any any excuse <laughs> to go to a film festival i have to i have to but just before i touch on that like she's oh, yeah, also doing she's also studying uh spanish and translation in madrid uh, and she's having the most amazing time and meeting so much so many amazing people and so i really hope you get an opportunity to kind of like fly the nest and just leave for a little bit you know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I see you living abroad. I've been, I've stayed with quite a few different people because I've, any chance that I've got to, I just go and live with people for a few weeks. So there's a lady yeah. that I stayed with in um, uh, Santiago de Compostela, which is like the north west of Spain. Uh, there's like mm. one gay bar. The whole town is really religious. It's, bu- it's built at the end of a pilgrimage and there's a massive cathedral. Um, I yeah. stayed with her for three weeks and she said the best thing to me at the very beginning on my first day, I came into the house and she said, she poured me a glass of wine, she gave me a cigarette and she said, right, so you finished school today, that's fine, I'll cook you dinner, but you go out and you don't come back until after midnight. <laughs> She's like, I don't care if any of your friends are out, you go and meet people, you go and speak to people and um, I don't want you speaking any English. <laughs> and that was the best thing that, that for, the, for those three weeks, I didn't see anyone. I saw one person from my uni class and the rest of it, I just met loads of locals. It was incredible. Yeah. One of the best things I ever oh did. Oh my God. That sounds lush. I'm so good. That sounds lush. That sounds like a great start to like a beautiful kind of queer oh, romance. She is gorgeous. She used to have a Rom-com. glass of wine and a cigarette waiting for me um, every single day after school. After, because I used to, I had to do, it was like a summer school. So I had to do uni um, oh, during the day. That sounds lush. Till two in the afternoon. And then I was done and oh I could God. just go out and get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god but their life was so much so so it's 
the pace of life in Spain, this is just one example, is so different. They're so mm-hmm. much more relaxed and everything is so much much more like toned down and relaxed and just it's just great i can see myself living there definitely to go back to what you asked me yes i can see myself living there yeah this podcast is just one bit one big advertisement for um Jet two. uh erasmus <laughs> erasmus <laughs> literally honestly the loans for erasmus have gone down like so much they don't give you half as much money as they used to either brexit awful behavior awful behavior Right, so I'm going to move on to one of the... I think it's the... Is that the the last thing you filmed? Uh, Baba, your own production? That you uh, no. Earlier. Sorry, I just did a mouth pop then. Let me do that again. I didn't mean... The, I last, saw... thing that, <laughs> the last thing that's come out or not? The last thing that I've released uh, is a film called Expiation. Um, well, I didn't release it, but the film came out and that was another short film that I shot in lockdown um okay but, well let's but, talk about both yeah 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 so uh yeah baba came out uh actually earlier this year oh no no uh, sorry in the, uh, last year um mm-hmm. and it's been brilliant it's been to a lot of film festivals and i got to have i've been in like many rooms with a lot of other queer filmmakers being able to talk about where i'm from and sort of uh, why i made baba which is a blessing because it's uh when a film allows you to have conversations and be able to connect with people it's that's what it's really for really is to be able to enable people to have conversations and be like you know evocative and provocative and all that so um we're really chuffed with it actually um and yeah so this one this one is is about a a queer libyan boy and it's so you spoke a little bit earlier about how certain um, films depict an image of people leaving their country because they hate their country this one, it kind of gives a not sure whether to leave or to go for different reasons because obviously you have ties on on either side, and then and then you've got the the dream of moving to Manchester and and, and having Canal Street on your doorstep. Um, so how close is this film to mm. to your experience? The best the best way to describe it, the best way to describe it is like that Spice Girls song that's like, Mama, I love you. And with a mix of like, <laughs> should I stay or should I go? Yeah, That's the, honestly the best way to describe Baba. There's, that's what it's about. And Tanya's in a situation where he has the opportunity to go, but whether he goes or not, doesn't really matter. It's about putting you in the position and sort of what would you do? That it, it's That's really it in a nutshell. And it's kind of a beautiful little microscope kind of like zoom into like underground queer life in Libya um something that's not not I've not seen any of personally and I feel quite cultured so and it's really it's it's a celebration of it's a celebration of queer chosen family and it just, I think hopefully people see it um and think oh well first I I wasn't aware that there was a queer community in Libya and secondly oh, I connect with them. We're actually very similar. I also have, like, I'm surrounded by a queer chosen family and they're my family. And, you know, that, that that's, this is what it's about. It's about demonstrating a universal experience for people. But it's really easy to be alienated or uh, ostracized from, or feel disconnected from people that are also queer on the other side of the planet. But in actuality, really, we're all queer and we're all the same. And I think hopefully the film does that, you know? Um, And the should I stay or should I go thing is again, just tackling this thing about like the misconception of people just 
the conventional kind of queer foreign film is like this flea story that this sense to flee, but actually Tanya's in a situation where he's like, do I want to flee though? Like I've got this interview, I can go, but do I want to go? Yeah, I think it's it's great because these kinds of films, they they although they're very specific to the to the the country or the region that it's depicting and the people from the queer experience in that in that place, they don't ostracize in the way that popular queer films, popular queer white cisgendered films do the English ones. They don't do the same thing, but they they still depict the queer experience that's so specific. But they don't do that. We kind of take the Mickey a little bit, actually, and like we kind of, we kind of, uh, the 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 lead Tanya, the protagonist, he's got this kind of fixation on Manchester, Canal Street, the UK. He's always dreamt of like going to um, to the West because in his mind, that's the only way that he can live as himself. The only way to be gay is to be British, and it's actually like sounds ridiculous saying it, but that's it's- the point. It's about in it's about you know like it's kind of distorting and warping. So, so, so when you watch it, hopefully you think, no, that that's 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 a bit weird. That's not right. He's obviously got it like he's got it all mixed up. That's not you know this is not right. And that's the point. It's the the point is really is that it's like critique the dangers of what we put out and what we send into the world and the messages and the kind of like attitudes that we convey and like push out into the world. Like they make their way back to people in other parts of the world who then think the only way to be queer, the only way to be like, you know, part of the community is by like having blonde hair or blue eyes or like, you know, like shaving all their skin off and stripping themselves of who they are, changing their names. Like mm-hmm. that they should, that, that isn't deemed beautiful. They're not deemed beautiful. And unfortunately Tanya is one of those people that obviously has probably seen some of that stuff and consumed it. And now he's, he thinks that's the only way to be queer. Um, and that's one of the messages in the film, you know, um, it's just kind of like about taking accountability for those things. Um, but in actuality, hopefully, what, and, and not all the characters are like that, but really the, the true message is actually, you know, like the beauty of your queer experience is that um, you are who you are, you know, and, and, and its uniqueness is what makes it beautiful. Um, but that's in the sequel that we're writing at the moment, so. Watch the space. Do we have a name? Do we have a name yet? Uh, Baba. Uh, no, 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 sorry. Baba uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I always too I, close to Baba. I, Duke. I, 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 Different. The Baba Duke. I always make this joke. People are like, "What's what's the second one called?" And I'm like, "Mama." You know, Baba and Mama. But no, I don't know. Um, I don't. I'm not really. I'm not going to disclose any like anything like that just yet. You'll have to watch this space. But we are working on it. We are working on no, it. Keep them yeah. waiting. Keep them waiting. It's it's great as well because if if you think about like. If, if the only message you're going off what you said, if you're the only image you're putting out into the world is this one way, this is the only way to mm. be queer, then it's not really humor because it's the irony of yeah. of queer cinema and making a joke out of queer cinema the way it is. But it's really not a joke because if the only image you're portraying is this way and this is the only way because that's all that's out there, then of course people are going to think that and then it causes issues like for queer yeah. youth and for and pe- for people learning about the queer experience yeah. so i think that what you're doing is great thanks Absolutely. love thank you well done baby thank you <laughs> i'm dead soft to myself honestly it's boss i'm very very just in awe at, at, at everything you do because it's 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 again going back to its boundary pushing. babe you don't have to be in awe just get me drink vouchers at your bar and i'll be all right ah! 
<laughs> honestly, Moving on. Honestly, if honestly, if you ever came down to the village, I would. But she's she's. No. That, that, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. I've been seeing a lot less of you, but you're very busy. I understand. Oh no, no, no! I go out. Trust me. I just don't. I don't. I I, I try to. You know. Do you go avoid the village? That is yeah, a topic for another time. That yes. Is another time. Um, I don't blame you. But anyway, if, if you're if you are avoiding the village because I don't go anywhere else because I don't feel safe anywhere else, we'll go for coffee or something or Yeah, absolutely. Or... I mean look, basically I just think that I like to go and uh experience the, the kind of queer nightlife um and the clubbing scene, but in venues that are unconventional and underground. And and and, and I know that's a little bit kind of like a, a No, I live for not, it. Not, but I'm here, I'm I'm a raver, you know. I like to go to like you a white drum and bass kind of girl. Drum and bass. I'm not going to give promo to any venue. I'm not going to endorse any venue. But I'm just. <laughs> I like to go where the rave is and like drum and bass and like I like a, like DJs and stuff and um and I and although I I, I love you know spending time on Canal Street and lip syncing like cheesy pop music. Sometimes I just feel like that draws in a crowd that maybe isn't always very kind of lovely or nice or accepting. But we don't have gonna, to expand on that. We're not throwing. That. We're not. We're not throwing shade to anybody. <laughs> Moving on, baby. I won't say Moving nothing else on that. On. <laughs> okay, so moving swiftly on, <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, actually, I would love to talk as much as I can about um, uh, a recent project that was. Um, you can say that you're in it now because it's been released online. That you're actually a recurring character in Waterloo Road. Newly improved, brand new reboot of Waterloo Road. Tell me, tell me as much as you can about that. Where? Let's start with where did it come from? Where? Where did you find this role? Uh, I was in uh, Saudi Arabia. Of all places, I know. Diva. Salam, salam alaikum. Yeah, I was in Saudi Arabia in a hotel room uh, filming the audition for Waterloo Road, um, which is so ironic for me and so hilarious, kind of filming this like openly queer Muslim, you know, character in like somewhere where it's not very, uh, you know. Not very accepted. Not, not very cute being queer. Um, but that's what I, that, it just, for me, that is really kind of like in a nutshell, that is just a perfect kind of, I don't know, like, I just, I just feel like that's kind of my career in a nutshell, is really just doing the most outrageous, absurd, crazy stuff in the most, in so the most radical, places. in the most radical way. Yeah, kind of causing disruption. That's what I like to do, causing disruption. And I auditioned for the character. I thought it was great. I've always wanted to be, um, I've always wanted to work for the BBC. One of my first jobs was for BBC Radio 4. It was a, ro- a radio play. Uh, yeah, play for the radio, whatever. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just, I was, I've always, I just, I love in my mind, like that's, you know, a quintessential British thing is the BBC. And I don't know, I guess, because my whole life, I've always not felt British. So to work for the BBC is kind of a proud moment for me. Um, and yeah, Kai, he's called Kai Sharif. He's in the basketball team. He's beaming energy and love and positivity into all the different characters, uh, storylines. He's always there as like the comedic protagonist, mm-hmm. kind of like just always looking on the bright side and being positive and, and uh, representing a 21st century modern British Muslim family. His sister works for the NHS. 
he's queer you know his parents are well off like it's just for me it's like feels like this is the kind of example that i want to set and hopefully people can well, i don't care what people think i'm just doing it for myself i just enjoy it yeah. <laughs> that's it but you're breaking loads of loads of boundaries again again with the the tropes and stereotypes that are normally portrayed because that in this i'm assuming that in this character the queerness isn't the isn't the main no exactly no not at all and not that's at exactly all. what we want and he's the only person without he's the only person without a tragedy and actually he's he's really kind of um quite a brave heroic uh character and it is is in the midst of a lot of like action mm. and drama and violence and i and that's what i'm i love i'm like yes get me in there get me stuck in you know what i mean with my orange nails just like you know getting it's just it's so fun it's so so fun i can't wait for people to see it and obviously like aside from my storyline this the 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 stories and topics and themes that we tackle are just like life post covid coming back to school and the kind of things that teenagers are having to deal with Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully that's what the show does, right? Is like it breaks the ice for families as they're watching together collectively to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations, to see stuff on TV and be like, oh, actually, mum, like that happened to me. And then that instigate a conversation or a catalyst for something that can happen for them at their school, you know? And that's what the show's, that's what Waterloo Road's always done there. Yeah. It's always been a, a mashup. Telling the uncomfortable stories. Yeah, at school. Mm-hmm. And that's a, is that not the perfect role for you? What parachute me into school? Yeah, of course. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, telling the telling the uncomfortable stories and, and instigating the conversations that people don't want to have but are necessary to have. Yes, yes, but like not. But the best thing about it is like that. I'm not literally doing that. Just in my existence, my identity alone is political enough that. in that it kind of does that. And then I, you know what I mean. That's what's cool about it is it's Absolutely, not. I do. Yeah. And the other thing I will say is just like to be able to go back to school. And to do it the way I would have wanted to, as oh. myself, I'm like, Don't girl, make me cry. I just I'm like, uh, am I getting paid for this? Like, I get paid to go back and like make peace of all the homophobia that I experienced. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty good gig. Yeah. I, 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 I... No, feel free to cry. I, I enjoy it. Cry. Please cry. <laughs> it's, it's just the idea of being able to do that. Like, how much of, of you is in this character? Like, how much... It's literally me at school, but as I said, the way you wanted to do it and the way mm-hmm. it should be. Mm-hmm. That is gorgeous. And I am extremely jealous and envious. It's hard work, you know, it's hard work. I know like it is fun, but it's hard work, babe. Let me tell you, like, it's hard work and it's good because, I, you know, I, that's what I enjoy doing is I like, I want to get on set and learn and, and there should be challenges and there should be things that I'm passionate about that like drive me, you know, to is it be like closure like, for you? Like all these different projects, if they, obviously there's certain, there's certain topics that you haven't covered before that you've had to research for that you said, yeah. and there's certain things that you have to go method because you don't, you haven't experienced yeah. them. But like the things that you have experienced, the topics that you feel closer to you, do, do the projects feel like closure? Yes and no. Closure in the sense that... I am able to make peace with things that I once held shame and guilt over me. Mm-hmm. Like walking down the school corridors, once being camp and flamboyant and being myself and like that would once get me beat up and yeah. make my day, 
you know, like, like awful. And now it's, it's not that, you know, like Kai gets to walk down the corridor and actually he's celebrated and people love him, you know? And so that, that's, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that makes me feel really good. That makes me, that, that's part of my healing, you know? Um, on the other hand, having to relive things or having to be exposed to experiences that you've gone through, having to, having to, having to empathize so much with my younger self, having to bring up a lot of things that I blocked out. Cause you have to understand like, as I'm a vessel for these stories or it's a character as an actor, you're a vessel to convey emotions. And in order to convey emotions, we have to relive your lived experience in order to bring forward genuine, authentic emotions and re- reactions and responses. Like that's what we, we, you know, like that's, that's what we do, you know? Um, and you can imagine that if I'm having to tap into some of that stuff that went on as a kid, it can, and you have to do that 20, 30 times, take two, three, four, five, six, seven, from this angle, from this angle, like you're having to live through that constantly and you're so vulnerable and it's so raw that it's very exhausting, you know? And it's also exhausting because sometimes it's my responsibility and my duty as the actor to make sure the lines that are being said and the facts and all of it is all true and authentic. So there's a lot of conversations and a lot of discussions where I have to negotiate my legitimacy and why I feel a way, why things should be changed or, or, you know, like, you know, like it's a, it's an, it's an art, right? We have to discuss the scene and, you know, sometimes maybe someone has like a different opinion to you. And so in doing all of that to get it right, there's yeah. a lot of work. There's a lot of work. I think actors that are listening to this will know what I'm talking about, but it does, you go, you go home after you've wrapped and you just feel like you've just done this massive, like gym session or something. Like it's so, it's, you can feel it in your body. It weighs a lot on you um yeah it's a it's a lot girl it's a lot i I just want you to it's it's hard it's difficult i think i I don't want you i don't think you forget either but i don't want you to forget that what you do is so 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 important so no matter how how much energy and time and like how much it takes out of you to get it out the things that you the emotions that you do portray and the stories that you are telling they are tenfold worth it mm-hmm. and and speak to so many people that need you to do those things it's it's so important that you keep doing it because it's it's there's not one th- one thing that you've not that you've done so far that i think oh that was a little bit off character or or i think that they could have um they could have stayed true everything that you do is is calculated and and your choosing projects and and really really good projects that are so important so don't stop <laughs> basically thank you thank you You're, i feel very loved and uh yeah it's I, I i for me it's one of those things it's just like it's all i've ever known so this is and and, and, I, and i'd love to say that i do it for other people but i have to say it is really for selfish reasons because i get so much joy I get so much joy from doing it. And uh, it's the kind of thing that like, I mean, yeah, like it keeps me up at night. I like wake up in the middle of the night and make notes and like it it genuinely is like, you know, you know, those people that just how, well, I was going to, I was going to be like comparing it to football people that like crazy about football, but I, I I cannot, I don't think either of us relate to football hooligans, but I just, (laughs) I just mean like that kind of when it's something that you live and breathe and runs through your blood and it's all you can think about 24 seven, that is really why I do it. And all the other stuff, 
you know, all of that is bonuses for me. Which is added yeah, benefits. and because and and you know, people know people that know me personally know that's true because before I started making any money in in the game, like I worked for free and was a runner and interned and was every single job under the sun I've done. And it, it's, that's why it's, I don't take any day for granted. Any day I get to spend on set, I don't take for granted because I fucking grafted to get here. And I feel very, 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 very lucky. Woo! It's emotion overload, right? Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> we carry on, I start crying, so best move on. That's fine. <laughs> I'm actually, I think we're coming to the end anyway. Um, so mm. I wanted to, just a couple more questions. So um, with regards to moving forward, is there anything that you want to do that you either haven't done or haven't been able to do yet? I always ask everyone at the end about their goals. Um, I mean, yeah, like I've got, I do this thing where I, 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 I like will articulate very specifically like whoever my actors are, like the friends in my life that are actors and we sit and we visualize and articulate and like manifest what we want in the coming year. Um, and we talk about it very specifically and there's no, there's no like limits, there's no boundaries. It's like, what is it you see yourself doing? Who you wanna work with? Why do you wanna do that? Da, da, da. And yeah, like, I mean, some of the people that I really look up to and love and admire, you know, like Ryan Murphy, mm. um, like I would love to be in a Ryan Murphy series one day. Um, I'd love to work with Russell, Davis is a really good supporter of mine. There are a lot of people like that I look up to in the industry. I mean, I obviously want to make my TV show, my feature. Uh, we want to uh, adapt Baba into a television series and we're working on it. It's hard work, but I mean, if this, this, the sky's the limit. Like I, I just want to be able to con continue to meet people that I've looked up to and collaborate and learn. Like literally all I want to do is learn and travel and just keep, keep, um, studying the human experience now how's that for fucking cheesy huh <laughs> um, but i i am that person i i listen i didn't want to give a disclosure but i am a very deep bitch i don't know how i've not listened to like like the kind of vibe what the podcast is but i'm a very deep bitch mm -hmm. and i just i am like that because i'm a, i'm a pisces and very emotional and um you know it's perfect excuse excuse the emotion but yeah i i would love to be in like an american series one day um and that's what I'm working on is just over the next, hopefully next few months, is being able to get a work permit to go to the States and do some stuff over there. Yeah. And again, the people that, the, the goals that you have, so Ryan Murphy, Russell T Davies, they were doing queer, oh, hi. Oh, hi. How are you, boy? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast, not yours, so shut yeah. up. Sorry, carry so, on. Right, I'll do straight <laughs> Hello. He just said, I'm going to start strip dancing in the background. Please, Please do. She's recording, baby. <laughs> um, Russell T. Davies, Ryan Murphy, they're people that were doing, they were showing queer, you kill me. They were showing queer from a different point of view before anybody was. Like what Russell's mm. doing with Doctor Who, incredible with Shooty and Yaz that you mentioned earlier. Amazing. And Ryan Murphy has been doing it for fucking years. Like those... And that that is definitely shooting for the stars, and I can definitely see you doing it as well. So, yeah, it's on the vision board. It's part of the movement. We've manifested it, and uh, yeah, it's we're we're working on it. I'm working on it, and I think uh, that I I just hope that anyone that's also just got a bit of an outrageous dream, just to keep like you know, keep being absurd and outrageous, and 
be whimsical and fantastical and like the sky's the limit. And just if you lead with kindness and like you genuinely believe like, you know, that this is what you want to do, then shoot for the stars, babes. Like, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Adam Ali experience. Gorgeous. I was going to ask for you for some final words, but I think you've just given me them. I think I got them. Like I gave you the Adam Ali experience, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect anything less, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'm here well, to give you the Oprah energy, you know? I'm here to just pump inspiration. You get a new car. You get a new car. <laughs> <laughs> you get the queer experience. Yes, bitch. <laughs> I love. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. You're now... Uh, an inductee into the the safe house family i love it i love i love i love i love i'm so grateful thank you for asking me and um please have me again absolutely i will i will this is my little baby so i want to i want to speak to people and do what you're doing tell tell the stories mm. of people that don't often talk about them or that people wouldn't hear every day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well, this is it this is what we're here for darling Indeed. giving the kids what they need <sighs> And we do. And we do. They've been fed. They've been fed. They have. They've had enough. <laughs> yeah. I think they really have. Honestly, if they've made it to the end, then hats off to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I'll speak to you really, really soon. Bye. Oh, do I say bye? You can't do, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>